We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get his... <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave! <laughs> Dave, Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Hi, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Um, we are sponsored by you, but we're, Dave, we're, we're, we got something rolling out for the summer. We told people we are going to have big changes, and listen, people. People are always emailing me and putting on Twitter, why don't you all do it every day during the football season, man? We love it. So listen, this, this is what we're going to do. If you people go to our website, podbean.com, and click on the patron button, and if we can raise $1,200 of donations a month, we will do a podcast every single day. During the football season, you'll get a podcast five days a week. You'll get the normal Monday one, and then you'll get uh, that's, four. Uh, that's going to be that's going to be you and Andrew. I'm definitely not doing a podcast. <laughs> it's going to be me. It's that's the thing. It's going to be it's going to be unedited, like X-rated. It's going to be me and Andrew's phone calls that we do during the day, where we just ramble about saints and media and just curse and bitch. Uh, even more so than this podcast. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be like a 20-minute podcast every single day. But people, you got to donate. Get the donations. $1,200 a month. Uh, that's like for the 5,000 of you people that listen every week. That's like 50 cents. So just donate like $4 a month and you're good. And just a bunch – if 300 of you people donate $4, that's $1,200. That's all you have to do. And for the people that donate $100 during the football season, Dave, they get to do a co-host Drunk History with me. We're going to pull out a raffle. One of you people can get shit-faced and do Drunk History with me. And I know people want to do it because you DM me all the time. Ralph, let me come on Drunk History. I want to talk about X. Well, fuck it. If you donate $100, you get in the raffle, and you can do 2019 your own episode of Drunk History. So get to it. Click on the patron button. So anyway, Dave, we're, we're what, 13 days coming up? Coming up next, Drunk History with my mom. <laughs> Hey man, if she wants to, if she wants to do drug history like about Jim Mora or some random Jason David, we'll do it. Uh, so <laughs> drunk history with my mom—that sounds so horrible. Um, <laughs> so we're like what? Like today's the we're like eleven days, like nine days away, right from training camp. What's the date today? So close, so close to touch the hiney, so close. Like we're, we've we've almost made it. And we are previewing the defense and previewing that. So we got some really ridiculousness to talk about. But we're going to talk about we're doing each position. Andrew couldn't join us because he's in Austin with the snotty liberal people um, doing fancy pants, Andrew Duge type activities. Um, so we're going to talk about the defensive line, Dave. And here's an interesting thing that you brought up while we were talking before the show is you were talking about the NFL Network or ESPN did like the top rosters for like under 25 players, right? Under at 25 years of age players, correct? Yeah, the best offense and defensive lineups of all players under 25. 43 ESPN NFL insiders voted. Yeah, and an interesting name for there was... Well, first of all, Marshawn Lattimore, he made it, obviously. Obviously. And kind of surprisingly, actually, Sheldon Rankins made it as defensive tackle. 
But the, the ridiculous thing is, is who they have. <laughs> but the ridiculous thing is uh, is who they have at running back. Who do they have at running back? Tell them. They better have Kamara at the running back. That's you, would, you, you would think they have Todd Gurley as one running back, which okay. I didn't even know he was under twenty five. I thought he. I did not. Him. He's been playing for a while, but he, he I came know, I in really. He was like twenty six, twenty seven. So good for him. Uh, but they don't have Alvin Kamara on there. They have what? a one Mr. Saquon Barkley. Jesus Christ. Who you might remember as having just been drafted and never having played a single down in the NFL. <laughs> he's in the body issue of ESPN the magazine, though. I got that. I got well, then, right. that, then there you go. Then that's why he's the best running back and second best running back in the NFL under 25. I mean, Jesus Christ. Jesus. Listen. Am I missing something? Is Alvin Kamara 26 years old? I'm not missing something, am I? No. Uh, Saquon Barkley plays for the New York Giants. If he played for anybody else, he wouldn't be on that no. list. But the interesting thing about that list is as we segue to defensive line for the Saints that we're going to preview tonight, Sheldon Rankins was on that list. And he's really interesting, Dave, to me because I feel like people have sort of lumped him in the disappointment category for the Saints because – of all the great drafts I've had, you know, the, the, the draft last year was awesome. With even even if you take out Kamara or Lattimore, if you if it was just Ramchak and Marcus Williams, that'd have been an awesome draft, right? So they had the awesome draft the year before with Michael Thomas, and people sort of have this opinion of Sheldon Rankins that he's not really coming along. He's not really that great. But my thing is like, defensive linemen usually take a while, and the dude missed half of his rookie year. Like, Cam, Cameron Jordan didn't become awesome until year three, right? So I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Sheldon Rankins has the potential to still be really good. I don't know why people have sort of decided that he's just going to be this, like, above-average utility defensive lineman that's great that he can play everywhere, but he's not going to be really that good. I feel like people are... Well, I mean, he was a first-round pick, and so obviously there are certain expectations that come along with a first-round pick. And, of course, <laughs> obviously, after Marshawn Lattimore and, you know, and Kamara and, and rookie yeah. seasons like that, we've, you know, the bar has been set pretty high. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, I, I like him. I like him a lot, Dave. I, I think, I think he can be a guy that not necessarily like maybe the Cam Jordan level where he was last year, where like Cam Jordan was like maybe the best defensive end rusher in football if you prefer advanced metrics and that sort of thing. But I think Rankins can be. I think his ceiling could be Nick Fairley when he had the one good year with the Saints. You, you're. I don't know if if Mark Ingram is your boyfriend. Fairly was like your arch enemy. Okay, this, this is this is all mixed up. This is all wrong. And I saw somebody else ask the question <laughs> about about me and Fairly. I never I never disliked Fairly as a player. Certainly not as a person. But I never disliked Fairly as a player. I thought he was great for the Saints. My whole issue was, was paying him was was the Saints paying him too much and. And not getting their money's worth. Uh, but no, I mean, Fairley as a player, he was great. I would love to have Fairley back. I, I would love to have a player like Fairley. I think Sheldon Rankins, um, I think they're different. You know, Sheldon Rankins is a different kind of defensive tackle than Fairley. But, uh, I mean, Fairley, you know, Rankins is quick. He, he's agile. He's He can move. He's athletic. You know, he can play the outside sometimes if he has to. Um, you know, he can def, he's definitely on a high ceiling. Yeah, the defensive line to me, Dave, is the position of the Saints. And, and last year, let's let's be real, the Saints had 42 sacks as a team, which is the highest they've ever had under Sean Payton. Like we we fantasized about 40 sacks for the last like what three years. We're like, man, if the Saints could get to 40 sacks, they get to 35. That would be just you know, they got to 40, man. And the thing is, like Cam Jordan had double digits. Nobody else had even five. So it was really right. weird that they got to five. But the defensive line, like, I look at it as, like, the optimist would be, like, it's going to be really good. You got Camp Jordan, Rankins in year three. Okafor was really good. He's coming off an injury, but he was really good this year. But there's a lot of, like, it's not – it's – I wouldn't say it's it's bad. 
it's a lot of unknowns, man. You got a lot of question marks. Can Okafor come back off the injury? Is Davenport going to contribute year one? Is Mohammed going to be anything more than like a camp superstar? You know, is Onyemata going to break out in year three? Like, there's a lot of like when you look at the defensive line. I guess my question is like, what is the what is the like the biggest thing that you not necessarily worry about, but, like, the question of, like, a certain player where you're like, I wonder, like, what's that guy going to be? And he better be good if the Saints are going to be good on defense. Like, what's the guy? Well, I mean, I, I have all those questions that you mentioned are are totally legit. And I have all those same questions. And you could pick you could pick any one of those. You, you could I could answer your question by picking any of those questions. Davenport, is he going to be good? Well, uh, you know, uh, Okafor, is he going to come back from injury? Ugh, uh, Achilles is tough. Muhammad, uh, is he going to you know finally make the next step? David Onyemata, is he going to continue? That's to my convert? boy. I am. I am a Dame, Dame, I David Onyemata. He is my boyfriend. I am committed to him. We are in a monogamous relationship. I am like I am like the PJ Williams truthers last year. I am on the Onyemata train. I am he is going to wreck shit this year. I did you give to, Did you give him a promise ring? I didn't. I gave him the full engagement ring. There's no turning back. I'm not. I'm not going halfway. If, I'm go, I'm all in. I'm all in with Onyemata. He's my guy. Uh, no, but to answer your question. Um, Marcus Davenport, to me, I think that's the big question mark, and I think that's probably the most important thing. I mean, the Saints really invested a lot in this guy. Uh, he's was kind of a surprise when they picked him, uh, kind of a raw talent. You know, people said when, they, when, when he was first drafted, oh, he's a project, you know, maybe don't expect big things from him in year one. But, you know, as a first-round pick, I don't know, I, I, I think – I think you're allowed to expect big things from somebody in the I think, I think as a first-round pick. I was looking at uh, – I, I, I can't I, – his last name is blocking him, but he's the guy in Canal Street Chronicles, Deuce uh, Wyndham, I think. Deuce Wyndham, yeah. Well, Deuce Wyndham. He does YouTube and he does videos. He's, he's He does great breakdowns. He did a lot of his video yeah. from his, his college year and the senior bowl, and his – Highly feel it's all over the map. Like the dude will look like Reggie White, and then he'll just disappear. I think the Saints are going to rush him on. They're going to put him in positions where they're just going to be like, "Dude, don't worry about anything. Just just go sack the quarterback." And I think they're going to put him in positions. I think I think he can. I think he can have a season where his stats will be really good. And the Saints fans will love him, Dave, but all the advanced stat nerds are going to hate him. Like, they're going to be like, Dave right. Davenport, he's got eight sacks, but have you seen his run His run support data? His analytics are, are terrible, man. Well, and, I don't know. I don't know and if I don't that's think why we'll, they got him. I don't know if they got him Yeah, like we won't a, like, a run stuffer guy. No, I mean, like, like, I could see him being – I could see him people the, – the, to me, the best case for him is – he has like seven to ten, eleven sacks, and there's a fierce argument with people arguing over who's the rookie of the year. And the people that are against Davenport are like, all he has is sacks. He's done nothing else. He had three big games, and he kind of disappears all the time. And blah 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 blah. And us Saints fans are gonna be like, I can't hear you. All I see is sacks. <laughs> right. Um. First of all, I think that's probably best case scenario for the Saints next year. That is, that's uh, it. That's the best case I, scenario. Yeah, I, I think that's best case scenario. I don't really see it being getting any better than that. If it was any better than that, that's amazing. But yeah, I mean, if you've got Davenport, if you've got somebody like him getting 11 sacks on the other side across Cam Jordan, who hopefully will have 11, 12, 13 sacks again next season, you know, that's 25 sacks between the two. <laughs> That, I might be Dre's. Remember, uh, that, I have to dress as Freddie Mercury if they get to, if the if the defensive line gets to, I forget yeah. it. The defensive I mean, line that, if it gets to thirty, I have to, I have to dress as Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I think. And that I mean, you know, and that opens things up. I mean, you know, if if opponents, if offensive lines have to now account for both edges, you know, um, that's going to make things I think easier for the guys on the inside. Um, so it's just it's a win-win situation as far as the Saints defense is concerned. So again, that's why I think it's the big I think that's why that's the biggest thing factor, you know, if 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 Davenport, if that's the question uh that gets answered uh and and we get a good answer to that question, 
uh, I think that changes everything for the Saints defense. Well, I think the, the biggest question for me besides Davenport is Okafor, because Okafor up to that Washington game, Dave, he was rocking. Like he yeah, had I'm four, not op- I'm not optimistic about. Yeah, him. I mean he had four and a, he had four and a half sacks and he held it down against the run. And their run defense last year was kind of eh, even with him. So you know, I mean, the uh, the thing with with him is like if he's if he's slow to come around, you know, and Davenport is kind of like just like a pass rush guy, and they're like, hey, you know, you're not an every down guy. Um, then defensive line man, you, you're like. The defensive end, especially, you're starting to like. Oh boy, it's 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 uh. You start. I start to to really um, to sort of worry about. I mean, like who who would be like the next guy up? You know. At defensive end. Defensive end, opposite of Jordan. (laughs) I don't know. There, I'm looking at the roster right now. I mean, there are some people on here that I never even heard of. Henry Mon, I love this. This is the best name on the team, I think. Henry Mondo, but it's spelled like Cajun to E A U X at the end. Oh, I think he's he's fucking perfect for this team. He <laughs> has to make the team. I got I got But he's I a gotta, tackle, and so I think the Saints are deeper at D tackle than they are at defensive yeah. end. Obviously, I mean, if you, um, George Johnson, the unicorn, I mean, you got, you're gonna have to have Muhammad. You know, Al Kadeen Muhammad's gonna have to step up. Uh, but yeah, after that, I don't know, Alex Jenkins. Uh, he's on the roster. Aloe Kikaka. Kikaha, Kikaha yeah. is technically Def- listed as a defensive end, but I mean, yeah. you know, we're not going to get much from him. We know that. George Johnson uh, had three three sacks for the Saints. They pulled him off the street in December. He's the unicorn. Yeah, yeah. You know, Trey Hedr- Hendrickson. Uh, oh, I forgot about I forgot about him. He, yeah, he, I mean, that's, he, that's, he, he's, you know, it, this is his year. I mean, I, I feel like this is make or break for him. I mean, if well, he I mean, I'm, no, the thing is with him is, is he's an interesting one because he was, he's kind of forgotten about, you know, he was really. Yeah, com- we know you just forgot about him. I did. I totally forgot about him. <laughs> but he was a guy that was coming on last year. Then he hurt his hamstring and he was never the same. And he tried to gut it through because they were right. running out of bodies. But he was a guy like that. You know, I joked with, with Brian Pivek and other people on Twitter. They were like, he's going to, you know, I was like the over-under on sacks for him was for the year was like, I think it was like two and a half that he had to get for the year. And they could have like controlled my Twitter avatar for a week. And I was like, he's not going to get two and a half sacks for the year. They're like, he's going to do it. And he didn't. But the thing is, I really liked him at the end of the year. And then he got hurt. Like, there's a, and his injury wasn't like super severe. He just like messed up a hamstring. I can, I can be healed he's an interesting he's a, he was an interesting dude not that he'll be like like great but he might be like a dude that you could play and be like he's okay he can get you four or five sacks like he's a guy that i forgot they, they i forgot about him i'm feeling a little better about defensive end now there you yeah. go look at that look i am that. my cheering po- up. positive attitude defensive Happy ta- monday ta- defensive tackles got an interesting guy in that Tyler Davidson, this is this will be his this will be year four, so he'll be a free agent. He's a guy that like I don't know. Like part of me is like, of course, you know, he's he won't have that big a market. He'd be the Saints keep him, but I don't know, man. He's a guy that like he's really good against the run, and if he would have a year where he would just like accidentally fall into like four sacks i could be see some team paying him a ridiculous amount of money <laughs> no, like, ser- yeah. like seriously like I, I could see the say the saints defensive line say say you get a really good scenario where you have cam jordan being cam jordan and you have let's say you have davenport get like seven sacks and the Saints defensive and rankins is really good suddenly that davidson gets single blocking he doesn't really pass as good but the saints have killer pass rush. I could see him. He gets four sacks, and the team's like, he got four sacks against Saints. His pass rush coming on. He's really good against the run. Hey, Tyler, here's $45 million for five years. And the Saints are like, <laughs> no, goodbye. Thanks thanks for playing. You know, um, but this, would you say on the defense, would you rate, where would you rate your most worrisome as far as defensive line, linebacker, Secondary, like where would you rate your most concern for by position? Where would defensive line rate? Um, 
I don't know. I, I like them at defensive tackle. Uh, I think they've got a lot more depth at defensive tackle, but uh, really defensive end, like we were just discussing, that's my only concern. Uh, so it's really just a question, though, of whether I'm more concerned about the defensive line or the linebackers. Yeah. I'm fairly comfortable with cornerback. I'm fairly comfortable with safety. Um <laughs> That's tough, man. That is tough. It's it's pretty pretty close. I would, uh, I would say I, I go ahead. I'd say linebacker. I'd say I, I think I might be a little more concerned about linebacker. I feel like linebacker. They have a lot of dudes that are exactly the same, and like they could like last year they had a ton of injuries at linebacker, but Manti Teo, Anzalone, uh, Klein, they're all the same. They're all like average linebackers. Yeah. So like all, that's that's yeah. But I mean, have, I guess that's good. I mean, you know what? A, you know, a whole bunch of average is is good, and one guy goes down, the next guy can come up. Yeah. And, well, like defensive line. You saw that last year. I mean, you know, Manti Teo didn't play much in the, earlier in the season, but uh, he saved their ass in December, though. He really yeah, did. He really somebody did. Somebody goes down, he's got to come in. He plays great. So I mean, that's kind of like the. You know, maybe I'm changing my answer here because uh, I mean that's that's and that's kind of like the Patriot way. You know, they don't have guys that are amazing, that are highlight guys, that are blue chip guys, that are standout guys. Um, they just got a lot of really good guys that do their job and know their role. So yeah, I mean, I that was know, a, maybe they are better off. I at can't think of I can't think of the name of the terrible linebacker that the Saints used to always have. To- Andrew would know it right off the top of his head, but like that was the point we made. Like the Saints, their roster last year, whenever they had injury, they didn't plug in like a train wreck at a position where you were like, right. "Oh shit," um, right. you know. Well, except for um, Devontae Harris, but that they did that out of choice at the beginning of the year, and <laughs> and, and, and against the Rams, they did it because they were injured. But um, that was the thing. So it's it's going to be. I I feel like the, I feel like they're. I mean, granted, you, injuries can can you, you any team you can hit with two two three injuries at key spots and you can be fucked and that's just football. But I feel like this injury for the Saints, this roster is built to with like I feel like they can withstand it. And hell, last year Dave they had shitty injury luck. Like I don't th- like it can't be any. Well, I hate to say it, but like last. It, it, it should be better. Like, they've had a shit ton of injuries in 2016 and 2017. Like, just the 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 pendulum or the odds say that it should swing back and they should be healthier. Um, yes, if you believe in karma and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, not karma. But I mean, stati- eventually, like... Statistically, there's absolutely nothing pointing toward that. Well, I mean, statistically, like, shouldn't you, like, trend back to the mean? In something like if you have a shit there's, ton of... In- there's not... <laughs> You're talking about injuries. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, there's there's nothing that 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 you can do to control anything that causes or prevents. Well, you I, can control. Well, you can control things that prevent injury. Well, I wonder, you know, because they tracked it that the Saints were the only team that had in the in the the twelve teams that had the most injuries in the NFL last year. The Saints were the only team that made the playoffs. But I would want I, the thing that I would want to be but would be interesting would like if if you looked at like the the last, say, five years of the teams that had the most injuries, is any team, like, in there for five years in a row? Is any team in there for three years in a row? Or does it just track back randomly? Like, randomly, like, no team's ever been in the top five for most injuries three years in a row. So that statistic tells you, eh, the Saints probably won't have as many. You know, like, I don't, but I don't know that answer. Like, you're right, like, you can't control injuries, but, like, if there's a, if there's, if there's a trend, is there, like... Because you could argue that the Saints medical staff is kind of shitty, and that's why they have injuries. Like, that, like if you want to throw that that card at me, I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of true. I would possibly <laughs> make that argument. Yes, I would. So, um, before we get to questions, and before we get to a question that somebody asked last week that we're going to discuss this week, uh, I was fighting with people uh, about Tulane, because LSU, oh, and, because LSU no, and Tulane are going to... It, because LSU and Tulane aren't going to play. They aren't going to play. Tell the people what you said. Tell I said the people, said. I said I'm sad that LSU won't be able to humiliate Tulane on a yearly basis now that we oh won't play goodness. baseball anymore. I mean, and people told, Tulane people said, LSU, all your, your, your accomplishments are in the past. And I was like, 
Oh, come on, Tulane. Y'all haven't won nothing ever. Y'all are about to celebrate an undefeated Liberty Bowl team from 20 years ago. Ah, oh, boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, much, so much wrong with this. Um, <laughs> look, LSU is light years beyond Tulane as far as football is concerned. And I, you know, we don't need to play in football. I get that. We don't even need to play in basketball. Not many people really care about basketball. Hey, basketball um, would be fun, though. They should play but, in mean, basketball. Yeah, well, okay. Well, hey. Tulane played LSU uh, early like a, yeah, last like a, season in an exhibition, and Tulane won. They should play um, again. You know, Tulane has beaten LSU the last five out of the last six games that they've played each other. I mean, baseball is, at, you know, the one sport where Tulane has been uh, consistently pretty damn good. Now, you know, the Travis Jewett era uh, the last two years hasn't been, uh, you know, the greatest for Tulane baseball. But, you know, overall, Tulane has been fairly competitive with LSU. I, I think the, you know, the overall record is, you know, like LSU's got 180 wins and Tulane is like 140 wins or something like that. They got to um, keep playing. They got to keep playing. I mean, Tula- first of all, Tulane and LSU, I-, I think Tulane was the first team that LSU ever played back in yeah. like the 1800s. Yeah. They got to play uh, playing. The rivalry will die. They've been playing for like 90 years. Yes. Um, I, you know, it's it's the one game at, at Turchin in here in Uptown where the baseball stadium will be packed. You know, when LSU, yeah. that's, the be- that's the best game to go to this season. I went this past year, actually. Um, you know, but... But, you know, so all the LSU fans, you know, they're all high and mighty. You know, they put Tulane down here. You know, LSU's up here and Tulane's down here. And I get that. I totally get that. Well, here's the thing. But but let's not be ridiculous. In baseball, it's fairly close. I mean, it it, it is competitive rivalry and it is a competitive series. And you know that. Well, I mean, LSU has six national championships. Tulane has two Omaha appearances, so it's not really comparable. But here's the thing that I didn't understand why Tulane people were getting mad at me and LSU people were getting mad at me. My thing is that Tulane and LSU, if we don't play each other, we can't hate each other. Because if you don't play, correct? We, right, if, right. if you don't, of course, play, the rival is dead. The, the rival. That's, that's what's happened with football. That's what's and happened that's with the, like it's, it's, it's not playing and it's gone. It's dead. It's, it's, it's today. They don't even. They don't that's have no the thing. Idea. It's sad. It's sad. Like people it under, like people under twenty-five are like, no, it's well, not even it, under twenty-five. Hell, I'm thirty-six and I went to Tulane, and you know there was that the two-year period. I think, and I think it was after I graduated, like the early two thousands, when. Tulane and LSU brought that game back for like two years, and of course LSU kicked Tulane's butt and it went away again. But I mean, even me, I went to Tulane from '99 to '03, and we never played LSU, and that that rivalry was dead. Even, even and it back didn't then. it didn't matter that Tulane didn't Tulane, you know, they they won like once a decade maybe. But it was fun, and it was like a huge fucking event. I remember when I was a kid, and my dad was like, I got us LSU Tulane tickets for the Dome. I was like, oh, my God. You know, and I saw, like, Ter- it was Terrence Jones and Mark Zeno. It was a big deal, and I feel like like that's gone, and it never comes back. And I just hate that there's going to be – and I know t- people at LSU, people are like, oh, Tulane graduates are mostly out of state anyway. Man, if they don't have baseball – if, but if they don't have baseball, you have nothing, and then it's just it it just totally fades away, and it sucks. And I can tell you firsthand experience: Texas A&M used to play Texas every year in football. They moved to the SEC. That rivalry is is dead. They just they, they the, the 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 two families is just yak at each other. But that's no fun if you can't if you can't play on the field, you don't get bragging rights. So it's just lame as fuck. And that's what Tulane and LSU. Is going to be, and it makes me it makes me sad. But I didn't appreciate all the Tulane people saying nasty things to me. Well, people, the one thing yeah. I'll say about my my Tulane <laughs> family, uh, you know, we're we we've been mistreated for a long time, and we've we've got an inferiority complex. I, well, I y'all need to get a good baseball coach. It's fun. It's fun. Baseball is funner when y'all are good. Uh, we had one, and he up and left and went to Texas because he was so damn good. Well, yeah. Uh, he was like Texas's fourth choice too. Too bad Texas couldn't. Well, yeah. couldn't have, they wouldn't. They botched the hire like three times. Um, no, but uh, but the right, but but the game should be coming back uh, again in 2020. Now the issue I have with that is that what what we're hearing is that it's going to be it's going to come back 
as, as the Pontiff Classic, which I think would be played at Zephyr Stadium, Zephyr Field, the Shrine on Airline. Um, and it's not even going to, I don't even know if it's going to be a one and one. And I don't even know if, this, if Tulane's going to get LSU back in Turchin on campus. And that, that's the most upsetting part to me. Yeah, I mean, when this I... rivalry resumes, as, it, as, as they're saying in 2020, uh, is it going to go back to what it was? And is it going to be uptown or is it going to be in, because that's lame if it's in Turchin. Yeah, in and the last thing I'll say about this is this is where L- I feel like some LSU fans are being hypocritical. They're like, Tulane jacks up the price when LSU plays. Dude, LSU has nine different ticket tier prices for football. Alright? You know, Alabama's the gold ticket and they charge X and they think they let you fr- they let you in free when they play ULL. So LSU fans, don't don't get on Tulane for jacking the price up when LSU plays. Everybody fucking does that. It's called it's called, I don't know, Tier pricing or whatever the fuck it is. So, but it, it it is. It makes me sad. So, well, the last thing the last thing I'll say about Tulane and Tulane athletics in general is that I'm I am friendly with Troy Dan and the athletic director. I'm on a first name basis with him. Uh, and if this was his decision, I trust him. Uh, I think so far he's made a lot of good decisions for Tulane athletics, and he is he has. T- been steering them in the right direction and uh you know whatever the reasoning behind this you know i know it had to do with television and all contracts and all that kind of stuff but uh you know if he was the one that said no to this then I, i'm just going to trust him and uh and I, I think i think tulane i think tulane athletics is heading has a has a brighter future than they've had in the past 20 years or so. That's the longest Tulane LSU talk we've ever had on this podcast. That's why we're nine <laughs> days away from the season. But and we need probably to... the most Tulane talk we've ever yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's fine. So, look, people ask questions. We, we got a bunch of fun Twitter questions, but somebody asked this last week. I don't remember who it was, so I apologize. But here's the thing. Somebody asked, because Brandon Browner got arrested for kidnapping, uh, high-speed chase, yada, yada, yada. So somebody asked, who was the better Saints defensive captain, Junior Gallette or Brandon Browner? And I was like, they weren't both def- Yeah, oh, And I was like, oh, yeah, they were. They were both defensive captains. So, Dave, who was the better Saints defensive captain, Junior Gallette or Brandon Browner? Well, I mean, they're both technically, I think they may both be criminals. Um, well, you know, I, I, you know, innocent until proven guilty, I suppose. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, if you if you wanted a real, true, genuine answer to this question, I think it would depend on, on how they acted in the locker room and, you know, how they interacted with their teammates and, and all that. But, uh, I don't. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I guess Junior Gallet. I, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I Junior Gallet. Like taking crazy pills. I don't know, man. Brandon Brandon Browner, dude. He. They had the play where the 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 guy ran past him and he uh, lit up a Saints player tackling him. Oh, I remember that. Like at the Washington game, like the running back was past him and he just blew up a Saints dude. Granted, it was probably the best tackle he made as a Saint. Oh it, my god, but, I remember that. I, I mean, totally forgot about that. I mean, it's. I I guess I would say like on like. But see, uh, Junior, man, Junior Gallant had a one good, he had the one good year they made him. Did he have the one, he had one good year where they made him when he was captain. Brandon Brandon was just shit all around. But God, I mean. I don't know, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, I, I don't know. I, I never, I, I think fans never got attached to Brandon Browner, of course, because of how he played. And fans hated him. And I guess maybe. Uh, because of that, uh, you know, I, Brandon Browner never really seemed to give a shit about New Orleans and being in New Orleans and playing for this team. Uh, you know, he, he 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 seemed like he could give a shit less, to be quite honest with you. Well, and he was just, I mean, they tried to get him the year before and he played for the New England and he won a title, but he was, he, the thing with Brandon Browner, the one thing I will say about him is he, he got hurt. The one year he's with the Saints, he got hurt in that preseason game, and they carted him off. And he played the whole year with the hurt knee. And, like, he was a guy where, like, he was old, and, like, he was probably, like, his physical skills 
were, were such that, like, he could not play hurt and still be okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, some guy, if you're young yeah. or whatever, you can get by with it. Like, Brandon Brown, it wasn't happening. And, but he did fight media members, which we liked, you know? So I guess yeah, that shows that's, leader. That's, that, that's, that's good leading by example. For <laughs> leading by example, wanting to whoop a media member's ass. Um, all right, so we got through that. So I got to get to these questions because we got um, – we got quite a few because I asked for uh, ridiculous ones. Um, you can only have one, Dave. Oh, this is for me. This is from Cajun Alaskan. You can only have one. Which do you choose? USA wins the World Cup in 2026 at home, or Astros win another World Series title in your lifetime? Here's the thing, uh, Cajun Alaskan, that I want the Astros to win another World Series because my wife. She had to watch game. My wife. My wife. Yeah, here it is. My wife. She had to watch game seven of the Astros Dodgers from the hospital because her her brother was getting like emergency surgery, um, for like a blocked nasal thing. So she had to watch in the like waiting room or his hospital room on the TV, and I was home by myself. So I would like to have her enjoy the Astros winning a World Series, not at the hospital. Uh, and the Aww. World Cup doesn't mean it's that so much to me. Sweet. It's so romantic, right? Aw, what a guy <laughs> you are. Husband if, of the year right I'm, here. Yeah. Aw. I'm, you know. Now go fuck yourself. That's selfish. <laughs> and the USA should win the World Cup at home, you fucking asshole. Did you watch five minutes of the World Cup, Dave? I literally watched exactly five minutes. I was at a hotel in Atlanta this weekend. Uh, I was at the Ritz-Carlton in downtown Atlanta having brunch by myself and it happened to be on the tv uh yeah so i did watch a little bit of it this is from brian Davis. by the way by the way i was in atlanta this weekend and i met one woman on the tram in the airport who you know i was wearing my saint shirt on sunday the day i left i had one woman on the tram in the airport who noticed my shirt and started chatting me up and she was from uptown she said she's a crazy saints fan I had a woman at the Ritz Carlton who said "Who dat" to me, and I was like, "Where am I?" I was like, "This is Atlanta." I, no, they got a lot of Atlanta people, man. Post Katrina, that so they got a lot of yeah. Atlanta oh yeah, people. that's true. I hadn't. You're right. I hadn't thought about yeah. that. So I was actually very surprised. Like I was getting a lot of Saints love in the middle of downtown Atlanta. Uh, you know, ten blocks from from the stadium. My favorite. My favorite thing about uh, Saints fans is that. Uh, it's still it's it, it, the Saints are more popular obviously with Drew Brees and winning the Super Bowl and all that, but we still acknowledge each other. Like if you're at the supermarket or whatever, and they see me with my Saints shirt or a Saints hat or whatever, they're just like, yeah, Saints, <laughs> give me finger guns or whatever. Yeah, so, it's I mean it's different when you live somewhere else that's not New Orleans. Obviously, you can't go around high fiving everybody in Saints gear when you're in New Orleans because your arm would get tired. But, uh, yeah, if you're in a foreign city, it's always a sight for sore eyes, I'm sure, to see another Saints fan. I will say this. I was in, When I was in Disney World, I wanted to take a picture, but it was raining, so I didn't get out my phone. They had a dude. He was wearing a Norman Hand jersey. And he had wow. the old, and he had the old uh, uh, starter Saints cap with New Orleans <laughs> Saints in script. Wow, and yeah, he was yeah, yeah. he was rocking it at the Animal Kingdom in the rain, uh, and I was uh, like, "You are my hero, man." That's old school. That is old. It was old school Saints to the yeah. max. I, I like yeah. when it was pouring that rain. But I wanted. I think if I would have if I would have taken a picture of him on Twitter, it probably would have been like my most shared tweet I ever did. Uh, I should have done it. <laughs> so, Dave, this is from Brian. This question for you: With Fairly gone, who is the Saints player that you are going to irrationally hate the most okay. this year? Again, again, again. You I have already mentioned this earlier. I didn't irrationally hate Fairley as a player. I irrationally hated the Saints front office for their decision to pay him uh, when they shouldn't have. Uh, who am I going to irrationally hate? I mean, therefore, I shouldn't even have to answer the question because the question is 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 null and void. It's it's uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. But I'll come up with somebody anyway. Um, uh, who am I going to irrationally hate? Uh, I hope it's not Marcus Davenport. Um, oh, Patrick Robinson. Totally oh, Patrick that's a good Robinson. choice. That's Fuck a good, that dude. That's dude, a good. I'm still, I'm still bitter. I'm <laughs> still bitter. 
<laughs> That's a good dude because he he might have had like a one. He might have been like a one hit wonder and cashed it in for the Eagles. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a good choice. I would say I was thinking I was thinking of of, of you would irrationally hate somebody that plays a lot that shouldn't be playing a lot. Like Brandon Coleman, if they had a lot of injuries at wide receiver, you'd be like, yeah. you'd be like, you'd hate him, even though you know you shouldn't. But you'd be like hating him on your TV every single week because Thomas and that so and so and so and so was hurt. Um, I would say my uh, choice though um, is going to be uh, Terrence West. The first four weeks of the year, if he's getting a lot of carries, mm-hmm. I have a feeling he may be terrible. And we may be hating on him, wait, counting the days until Ingram gets back. Um, who? This is a good question from Turbo. Uh, who's the first Saints to score a touchdown this season? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go out of the box. I'm gonna say Cam Jordan. That's uh, that's way out of the box. I was gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Ben Watson. 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 Uh, this How do we not have that sound clip? Yeah, I know. We need to get that one. Uh, since Boston Scott is the next Jamal Mullewis, how is uh, – what is Muhammad? Uh, Muhammad's really – he's really interesting in that he was really – he was really good. And I feel like if Okafor hadn't have been so good, he might have played – he might have got playing time. I'm going to be – he's going to be – he's going to be interesting because I feel like – they're going to be really slow with Okafor and sort of pace him. I think uh, Muhammad might uh, um, get some playing. This is an interesting question from Don Takano, who, by the way, Don Takano did a montage from Super Tecmo Bowl of the 1993 Saints where he had, like, Wade Wilson throwing touchdown passes and Brad Muster scoring touchdowns. Don, that was your Mona Lisa. Like you'll never top that. I I appreciated it. Uh, what is your Dave? What is your most embarrassing water park experience? <laughs> mm. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've gotten to water parks enough to have uh to have an embarrassing experience. I hate to be disappointing here, but uh, I mean. Besides, like, I, am I just supposed to say, you know, my my bathing suit falling off when I slide I, down a slide? You know I mean, what, what was else em- is there? You know what was what embarrassing other, for or me? Or I guess peeing, peeing, you know, peeing in the in the lazy river or something. I <laughs> no, I, I had an embarrassing experience where, when I was a kid, I don't know what it, what what kind of ride you call it, but it was it was basically like a ride where you like carried up this board to the top, and and it was like had these little rollers, and you went down on the rollers, and when you came off you like skimmed across the pool right and uh mm-hmm. you had to carry the board to the top and i carried the board to the top and i waited like 45 minutes in line and when i got to the time to go the dude was like there's a crack in the bottom of your board you can't go and i had to <laughs> and i had that's to, not embarrassing that's just you're an idiot yeah and I, I well i didn't notice it i was like nine you know i didn't notice on the bottom of the board. and i just had to i had to walk all the way back to the bottom and get another board. I don't know if you and call it. Wait, and then wait another forty-five. Yeah, minutes. I don't know if you call it embarrassing or what. Um, let's see. Uh, how does uh, Adam? I Dick... feel like I feel like whoever asked that question uh, probably just had an embarrassing incident at a water park, and he's Don... asking us because he wants us to try and make him feel better. Well, Don, if I know Don, he's probably at a water park in California, high as a motherfucking kite. <laughs> And he was probably wandering around confused or drunk, which I don't blame him. I would be, too. Um, Wait, are, do, are these all facts that we know about Don, that he likes to smoke pot and then he also likes to I, I think, I, I think that's fair to dis- – if you follow Don on the Twitters, which I do, and you see his tweets, I, I think that's a fair a fair assumption. Uh, How this, we not have him on the podcast? Yes. We might. We might. We, me, and, me, and Don, me and Don are working out um, – Working out either a drunk history for the fall this year or early next year. Uh, we just have to hash out uh, the, t- it sounds, the. It sounds like Don wants to do a baked drunk history. He, we, it, it's all right. We <laughs> drunk and baked, uh, half baked Saints history. Uh, when when Texas legalizes pot, uh, predict the dumbest fan theory overreaction to come out of camp. <laughs> God. 
the dumbest fan theory overreaction. Uh, I think I, I've got it. I've got it. I don't know. I've I, got it. Brandon, Brandon Coleman's going to be good. I don't no, know. No, I think it's going to be bad. I think what the, the biggest overreaction is, the, look, we know the starters something, aren't going to play. Something Taysom Hill? Something no, the, the starters aren't going to play that much on, on a lot on defense, right? They're probably only going to play like a half in the third game or whatever. I think Marcus Williams is going to have like one bad play in the preseason, and people are going to be like his whole career is ruined. The Minnesota game has ruined him. He's got the yips. He's got the yips, and it's going to just be one bad tackle or whatever, and people are going to just jump off the he's going to be great this year. They're going to just panic and say he's terrible they're gonna want him cut like that's gonna be that's gonna be my prediction for over well then I'll, I'll say the opposite he's gonna come into training camp and he's gonna play awesome and people are gonna think he's gonna be the greatest <laughs> safety in the league because he's you know worked so hard to get back after being embarrassed he's gonna be i think he's gonna be really good but here's yeah. a, is sean payton's brother responsible for the curse on junior galette <laughs> tom payton tom payton. the magician the magician if he, yeah, he if, if he is, it'd be his greatest accomplishment, Alexander. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, uh, when <laughs> Preston Ellis, when will you eat Papa John's? Preston, uh, I yeah. have self-respect. I don't eat Papa John's. Uh, even before he was dropping end bombs in trainings on how not to drop the end bomb. <laughs> <laughs> which I mean. Seriously, you can't like, write this shit. I mean, that's like a South Park episode. Like, he, they were, like, doing training with him on, like, how to not be an asshole and not be racist. And he was racist during the training on not to be racist. So, uh, I will say this about Papa John's. I really like their breadsticks, but I haven't eaten Papa John's in years because their pizza is trash. Um, I mean, the only good thing that Papa John's does is the garlic, oh, garlic, the garlic. comes with the pizza. That's yeah. the best part. Can you buy it, like, and just... I don't know. It? If you could buy it, in a, that would be good. Have the I, don't, I don't know why every other pizza chain in the America hasn't started doing that after seeing Papa John's. Yeah, it's that. like... It's it makes, like, like zero sense to me. Like, Papa John, the one thing they did was, you know, they you, people thought pizza was as good as it gets you can't reinvent the wheel well papa john's reinvented the wheel and they said no we're gonna give you garlic sauce and everybody else should have been like oh yeah we gotta start doing garlic sauce." yeah it's like uh like quiznos was one of the first the first subway chain i think to have like the oven where they toast the bread and it was really popular and subway was like fuck that shit we're gonna do that too and now and now quiznos is out of business i mean there's there's no denying what's good and what's awesome, so I, I just, I don't understand it. I mean, it. Papa John's pizza is like, a, I haven't paid for it in a year, but it's like a C, C minus pizza, but the garlic sauce makes it like a whole grade higher. Um, so that, and the pepperoncini, actually, I can't believe uh, I even like that pepperoncini. Uh, I gotta barbecue your ass in my lesson. Doesn't doesn't have to do with anything. I just like that playing that. Good. I like playing that soundbite. So that wraps up the podcast. I'll try to oh find us on the Facebook and the Twitters and the and the um, the LinkedIn and oh, not LinkedIn. Fuck, that's for people that don't have jobs. <laughs> we, we need we might need a link. We could have a, we could have a Saints Happy Hour podcast. We could we could have a LinkedIn page. We could have jobs for people when we can't pay them. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so no, uh, the, the, the the YouTube, the Twitters, Find and the Facebook, Tinder, t- t- Tinder, <laughs> Grinder, find us on Bumble. <laughs> hey man, you got to WhatsApp. You got to have them all, right? Um, so no, uh, go to all the searches for the social media Saints Happy Hour podcast, and look, go to our page and become a patron. Donate if we get to twelve hundred dollars a month. By September 1st, we will do a podcast every single day, helping you with fantasy. Me and Andrew will be cursing. It'll be fantastic. It'll be mediocre audio. And you'll have something on your drive to work or home every single day. You want it? Hey. Um, so uh, that about wraps it up, Dave. Um, I mean, we're like next. This is good. Who, who next, needs Juge? No, need <laughs> we don't need Juge. Next week, man, we got next week, and then the following week, boom, we're into it. We're having it. We're counting down to games. I can't. Oh my I, god! I can't believe it. And uh, oh, by the way, uh, I next week I will tell people when I am booking for uh, Saints home games. Maybe people can uh, buy me a drink, take me to dinner. 
Uh, until next week, the bar is closed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 